Now, before I share today, a um, couple of things. Let me commend you all. It was very um, exciting to see uh, or to hear communion opening all together, not spas spasmodically and throughout. Isn't that, we've trained you so well. It's fantastic. I love that. It's great to have George and Christine McCormack with us and Greg from Cooper Pedy. And uh, they're great friends of our church. And uh, many of you know that Julie and I weren't here last week and the boys because we were over in Perth at a wedding, uh, Talia and Troy's wedding. Some of you would know them. They got married last week, which was really cool. And uh, so they're still in Adelaide trying to get back to Cooper Pedy at some point. So we'll pray for you guys. But uh, another thing I just want to share quickly is this Wednesday um, we start back with Pop-Up Kitchen. I know there's a few people who are, are new today. Pop-Up Kitchen is our community dinner. It's something we do for our community. We're a church that really believes in being a part of our community and loving our community. It's, it's our mission statement. We love God, we love each other, and we love the community we live in. And so Papa Kitchen is a, a free dinner that we put on for the community. And this room here is filled with usually around 100 people having a meal. And most of the food is donated through uh, food rescue programs like Food Bank and um, Second Buy and Oz Harvest. And also we have an, an awesome man who collects food from Coles at Kilburn. And one of the tasks we have is to collect the food to bring it to church and at the moment one of our guys that usually does that is unable to do it so we're looking for someone who can help us on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or it can be more than one it doesn't have to just be one but if you're free on a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning or a Tuesday afternoon and you'd like to help us out picking up food for pop-up kitchen please see Juanita who's just walking across now and everyone knows Juanita she's our jack of all trades and uh, so see her and talk to her because, um, yeah, it's not a big job. It usually takes an hour, an hour and a half, and you use the church van. But if you're f free and would love to help us do that, we'd love your help. Is that okay? So see Juanita and have a chat to her. Um, I'm, I'm really excited because um, sometimes God does amazing things. And I can't talk to you about it yet. But next week, we're going to make a, a very important announcement, a significant announcement for our church, because God's done a miracle, literally a miracle. And we're going to share that with you next week. I just want, I, I'm, I, I want to say it, but I can't. I'm not allowed to yet. But uh, you want to be here next week to hear the announcement, because it's incredible. God has done something amazing, and uh, I'm not able to share it yet, because it has to be totally finalized but it's a good thing and uh yeah it's it's going to be incredible for us as a church and for what we've been believing for for a while so be here next sunday but you're here today so let's worry about today does that sound good all right um i'm going to continue on with our our series of pursuing god and so before we get into it the scripture as all of you know is matthew 6:33 that says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. 
And we know your word never goes out and comes back forward. It always brings about change and transformation. And I pray that today that people's lives will be touched, people's lives will be transformed, and, and we would see a glimpse of you like never before. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a few weeks ago, I shared a message on pursuing God in prayer. And I made a statement that I want to follow up on today. And that statement was, prayer is simply the language we use to have a relationship with God. Prayer is simply the language we use to have a relationship with God. Now I want to explore this a bit deeper today. Because when you use the word language, it can mean so many different things. Uh, language is a complex thing and, and we can think about language as in you may speak English or you may speak Italian or Burmese um, I'm not sure what other languages we might have here but uh, we have Filipino and and Indian or Hindi or Oria French Congo please is that Swahili there you go close um, but there's so many languages, but I want to not look at, I don't want us to focus on those type of languages because I want us to focus on, on language in another way. Because they teach us that we speak language that, or the type of language you use can depend on the type of environment you are in or the type of relationship you are experiencing. Let me explain this a bit further. If I'm with Julie, I speak in a certain way, in a certain term, because we have a shared history. We have a relationship that I hope is fairly deep. And, uh, and so the way I speak to Julie will be very different to the way I'm speaking to you today. That when I preach, the language I use is about motivating and encouraging and giving you information and informing you, whereas the language that I speak with Julie is a, an intimate language. It's a language of relationship. And not that this isn't relationship, but it's different. Can you understand what I'm saying? And so I want, I want to have a look at this because in relation to prayer, if prayer is the language that forms the foundation of our relationship with God, then it makes sense that the type of language we use when we pray is a reflection of the relationship we have with God. I'll say that again. If prayer is the language that forms the foundation of our relationship with God, then it makes sense that the type of language we use when we pray is a reflection of the relationship we have with God. So we're going to have a look at this a bit deeper. And we're, and we're going to look at the language that matters most when we pray. The language that God desires of us the most when we pray. Now, experts tell us that there are three types of language that we enjoy or share. Again, we're not talking about English or Italian or anything like that. We're talking about the type of language. So it's, when I'm talking about the type of language, it's all about the purpose or the aim that it achieves. So the type of language you use, it depends on what it is trying to achieve. So in this environment, I'm trying to give you information but in the environment with Julie, I'm trying to exchange intimacy and relationship. 
So I want to share with you these three types of language that they tell us exist. So the first one is intimacy. Say that with me, intimacy. Say that again, that was pretty poor. On the count of three, one, two, three. Much better. This is the first type of language we learn. This is the language we learn very soon after we are born. And it's a language that is born out of, realistically, pressure and pain and need. So when a baby is born, what happens not long after they're born? They cry, and usually why do they cry? Because they're hungry. And so out of hunger they cry, and their mother goes, oh, there's something wrong with my baby, and they consider oh, possibly hungry, and so then they give it a feed. And all of a sudden the baby understands that I've, I, I'm communicating, and this language has created the baby's vulnerability and crying and saying, I'm hungry, without even using words, the mother cuddles it and feeds it, and all of a sudden there's a bond of relationship that occurs. You see, this is the, the, a, a, a language that is born out of a, the need for, for comfort, the need for feeding, the need for, for rescue even, when the child is feeling isolated. It's that language between a parent and a child. It's a language of relationship because that's what it's all about. And from this language, we bond with our caregivers and, and those around us. And, and we use this language again as we grow older in our relationships, our intimate relationships, our close relationships, usually within families and close friends. And, and so you imagine as a child, think of it like this, as a child, as they develop, they start to mouth words like mama or papa or dada or whatever it is. And, and don't you, as a parent, you know that those words speak more love and care and connection than a thousand well-written words. Isn't that right? Is that, there's that, that's something that happens when your child looks at you. Because this language is not just about words, it's even looks and any parent in this room would attest to this, that it's, there's something, that bond, that intimacy that occurs, and it usually starts from that place of need or that place of, of pain. And uh, the exciting thing is that when it comes to prayer, this is the primary language that God created prayer for, the, the language of intimacy. As I shared a couple of weeks ago, when Jesus taught us how to, how to pray, he said, this is how you should pray. Remember what I said? That you should say, our Father. Now, when he's saying our Father, that's not, um, we've made it into a term, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We've made it this religious term. But when Jesus was speaking, he, he said, our Father literally means dearest Father. Or if we were going to bring it to our terms today, it means Call me dad. Call me. It's not, it's not some official uh, legal term. It's a relationship term. It's an intimate term. It's a, a term of relationship. The second type of, of, of language that we learn is the language of information. Say with me, information. 
good work. As we grow older, we, th- we begin to learn that things have names, isn't that right? Your mum passes you the dummy and you say dummy or, or whatever it is. You begin to learn things have names. And with this learning of information, we gain knowledge. So this language, this, this language of information is all about education and gaining knowledge. That's what it exists for. That's its purpose. The, in, the interesting that happens, the interesting thing that happens with this language of information as we grow in it and as we develop in it is that we discover that the more information we learn, the more value we attain. I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about our education system. When your kids go to school and they get a stamp for being good or for for learning the right things, they're getting taught that if I know things, if I answer the questions correctly, I get value added to me. And so our education system really works on this level where it says the more information you gain, the better student you are. Isn't that right? The higher grades you get, the better person you are. And you take that a little bit further because literally our, our education system tells us the higher the qualification we have, the more important a person you are. Isn't that right? And so you understand, we start with this language of intimacy and then we come into the language of information and already we're being taught that the language of intimacy is not as important as the language of information. We're being taught that relationship is less important than information because when we grow in our ability to have information, we get told, oh, you're doing really well. Look at you, you've got a degree in this or you've got a doctorate in that or you've got this position. And so already as we grow older, we're finding out that what I should be going after is information rather than relationship. Isn't that right? And this gets even worse because the next language that we learn or type of language that we learn is the language of motivation. What's this language? Well, this is basically, as we grow in information, we discover this powerful concept. We discover the concept that words have power. Isn't that right? And that our words can actually change things and even have the power and ability to change other people. Isn't that right? And so as we... We, we grow in this, we discover our words have the power and the ability to make things happen. Now this is really interesting because some people are better at the t- this type of language, the, the language of motivation. Some people are better at it than others. We all practice it, but some do it really well. And usually they end up in places like politics or salespeople or media. They, be- they come into these sorts of places and they, and the fact is that these people who develop really well in the language of motivation actually get these elevated positions. Isn't that right? If you're really good at motivating and, and getting people to do what you want, you might end up being the Prime Minister of Australia. How, how incredible is that? The most important seat in the land. And again, we see this tendency from us 
to elevate those who are able to communicate that way over those who maybe are more relational and more softer in their tone. Does that make sense? So we see this draw, this draw away from relationship not long after we are born. So what does that mean? So what does all of this mean when it comes to prayer? Now the truth is we can use these types of languages to pray. But the truth is that the most important language when we pray is the language of intimacy. As I said, Jesus said it by encouraging us to pray, dearest Father. But this is, herein lies the problem. This is where it gets complicated because if we're elevating information and motivation over relationship in our society, then people aren't valuing intimacy as much as they should because we, s- we see that the people who are high in information and high in motivation are, are getting elevated over everybody else. And so the problem happens in our society that when we value information and motivation over intimacy, what happens sadly is we become deficient in, the, in our ability to have intimate relationships and at, in the long term our lives suffer. If we, and this is, let me say it like this. Let me give you this example. When I went, the first time I went to India with Ashok and Emily, I was blown away. I was blown away in India. We went to one of the poorest states in India. And I went there and the people we met all were smiling. All were happy. Now guess what? Most of these people had never even finished school. They had not gained a full education system, education program. And most of them were just happy doing what they were doing. But the one thing they had was they had close community and strong community. They had strong family bonds. They had strong connection. And... and But then we come to our Western world and sadly, the reality in our Western world, we have an epidemic of depression and anxiety and mental health issues. We have relationship breakdown and divorce at record numbers. And we have the highest rates of suicide than most places in the world. But we have great education systems And we have great people who can motivate us and people in power, but we lack this thing called intimacy and community and connection and family. And this is this is what we've lost in our I guess our going after the things that we think are important, like information and motivation. And this is why it's so important for us as the church of Jesus Christ. So important for us as Christians to be striving to restore the language of intimacy. Not just in our relationships with each other, but also in our prayer lives with God. Of course there's times for us to use the language of information and the language of motivation. 
But the primary purpose of prayer is intimacy. And the reason the primary purpose of prayer is intimacy is because the primary purpose of prayer is relationship. God created prayer for relationship. Now sadly, and we have to understand this, prayer was never meant to be a transaction. Sadly, in our society today, some people have made prayer like a transaction. Oh, you've got a problem, go to God, he'll fix it. But that's not how God planned prayer to ever be. It's one of the saddest things you ever see if you watch some tele-evangelists. If you pay, f- send me some money, I'll pray for you and your problem will be fixed. What a load of crock. It's not the way it should work. It's, God established prayer, number one, for relationship. That's what prayer exists for. And this, this idea is what God gave us when we first were born. This intimate connection with our parents is a reflection of the intimate connection he wants to have with us. So prayer, and this is, this is going to hope no one gets offended by this, but the reality is that prayer, and God created it like this, just like he created us to need like when we're babies, to cry out to a, our parents because we're hungry or because we've got a dirty nappy or whatever it is, that we cry out to God and, or, or we cry out to our parents and say, well, I need something, and we don't know what it is, but our parent knows what we need, and they fix it. And the truth is God created prayer to be birthed out of our pain. Or in other words, he created prayer to be birthed out of our troubles. Just like our natural language intimacy starts from that place of pain and pressure when we're a baby, in the same way our prayer language starts from a place of pain and pressure. And you need to know, and I believe God wants to set some people free this morning from this idea, you need to know that it's okay to cry out to God in your pain. You need to know that. Because for many years, I struggled with that. For many years, I struggled (coughs) with this idea that every time I pray, I'm just complaining to God. I'm just saying, God, I've got this problem, I've got that problem. And I thought, no, I can't come to God like that. I need to come to God all together and all right and that I'm doing okay. And God, I just need to connect with him one-on-one and not complaining or anything, but I just need to spend time with God alone. And I, I would think that I would need, I don't, I, don't, I don't want God to know about my problems in a way. I, don't, I just, I want to come to him like a good, clean, healthy Christian, mature Christian. But that's not how God created it. God actually wants you to bring your pain, to bring your pressure, to bring your problems to him. And he, like a baby with their parent, cry out to him and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to help me where I am right now. To put it simply, intimacy starts when we learn to ask for help. Why is it so powerful that uh, this bond that happens between a parent 
and their child when the child cries out and some, a connection happens because the child is being vulnerable. And the, mo- the best thing we can give God or bring to God is our vulnerability to say, God, I'm a mess. I don't have it together. But I know you love me and you care for me and so I need you in my life right now. Isn't that right? Think of it like this. When we start our relationship with God, and this is something we describe as Christians as salvation, what do you have to do when you get saved or begin your relationship with God? You literally have to come to that place where you say, I can't do this on my own anymore. My life's a mess. I need your help, God. Isn't that right? And the Bible teaches us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. So if we say, God, I, don't, I can't do this anymore. I, I put my, I've been trying to do my life in my own strength, but I can't do it anymore because it's just not working out. So I put my life in your hands and I put my trust in Jesus and who he is. The Bible says that we will be saved, that we will be invited into God's family and that's that's the that's the simplicity of this is that guess what that should never change in our walk with God that he is always the one that we go to and that we're always vulnerable with him the sad thing that happens like I said before in my experience is that as I grow in my understanding of God in my information and knowledge of God when I I learn how to say the right things and and motivate others in their relationship with God I think I'm doing pretty well but but the fact is that God wants to always wants us always to go to him in our place of pain and trouble he doesn't want us to be able to do life without him he wants us to always include him in our lives and the best example of this is Jesus himself. He, he showed us that prayer and coming to God from our place of trouble and pain is okay. And that he showed this right at the very end of his life because when they came to get him, when he was about to be arrested and crucified, where did they find him? They found him in the garden praying. Isn't that right? I want to read it for you in Luke 22. Probably one of the <coughs> greatest examples of the language of intimacy and prayer that you'll find. And this is talking about Jesus and it says, He walked away about a, a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will be, to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. And then he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell on the ground like great drops of blood. Good golly, Miss Molly. That's awesome. Um, 
You've lost me now. <laughs> what, a, what a great example of the language of intimacy in prayer. Jesus says those words, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. What's Jesus crying out for? He's saying, please take this cup of suffering from me. So when Jesus, this is Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. And, and he's saying, like, if anyone's got it all together, Jesus has got it all together, isn't that right? But when he was faced with his biggest challenge, what did he do? He went to his father and prayed. He cried out to his father and said, I need you at this time. This is what praying from a place of intimacy looks like. Now, to sum it up, and in closing, I just want to explain the difference between these types of languages is simply this, that the language of intimacy is all about us being whereas the language of information and motivation is all about doing. And this is why the language of intimacy is so important when it comes to pursuing God. Because prayer exists to remind us of who we truly are. I'll say that again. Prayer exists to remind us of who we truly are that we are God's children and he is our parent. So when we pray, we're returning to that place where God is our caregiver and we are crying out to him with our needs. The, the language of intimacy is crucial for us to be who God has created us to be. See, when we're needing him, we're being who he created us to be. This is why playing, praying from a place of trouble is so important because trouble reminds us that without an intimate connection with God, we are always in trouble. Being vulnerable with God and opening our troubles up to him reminds us that we need him. There's a Jewish writer that said, said this. He said, I only pray when I'm in trouble, but I am in trouble all the time, so I pray all the time. This is how intimate prayer works. It's an understanding that without God and without an intimate connection with God, I'm a mess. And so I bring my mess to God because he is the only one who can give me hope and light and, and everything that I need. In Romans 8.29, it, it tells us that Jesus created us for this purpose, that we would be conformed into the image of his son. That's part of our church vision says that, that we would live like Jesus lived. That's all that simply means, to be conformed into the image of his son simply means that we would live like Jesus lived. That's what it looks like. 
And to live like Jesus live, we need to understand that if I'm to live like Jesus live, lived, I need to be connected to God. Because if I'm not connected to God, then I'm lost. And my purpose is not what I do for God, but my purpose is to know God and to be who he has called me to be. Everything I do for him should result out of my relationship with him as his child. And this is exactly what Jesus modelled for us in the prayer I showed you earlier, that everything he did came from God the Father. In this passage in Romans 8, it goes on to say stuff like, um, uh, try to remember that famous scripture, all things work together for good for those who love God. Isn't that right? It goes on to say that and it goes on to say these really exciting things like there's nothing can separate us from the love of God and all of this. We are more than conquerors. But I want to read to you a little bit earlier in that passage because I believe it gives us context to how we can live in that place. Uh, and it's in, it's in Romans eight fourteen to 17. And I want you to hear the language and hear it from a place of intimacy rather than from a place of information or motivation. It says there, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So now we call him Abba Father, Daddy or Dad. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. What was Jesus suffering? In Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus' suffering was becoming a man and experiencing everything that we experience as humans. That was his suffering. So what's our suffering? Being human. That's our suffering. That we can't do this on our own. That we can't do this in our own strength. Paul tells the story that he's got a thorn in his flesh and he says to God and he prays, I can't remember, seven times or three times or some amount of times and he's, he said, take this away from me. And God's, so he went to him, went to God in intimate prayer saying, I've got a problem, I need your help. And what was God's answer? My grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in what? Your weakness. Our weakness exists to remind us that we need God. And so prayer exists to remind us that we need God. And that without an intimate connection with God, we're lost. And so God is wanting to call us back into intimate relationship. That is, the one, that is the language we should value higher than any other language. Information will not save you. Motivation will not save you. 
but an intimate relationship with God will save you. It's only from a place of intimacy that we experience God's love. And it's only from a place of intimacy that we learn to walk in faith and trust in God. And it's only from a place of intimacy that we understand what it means to put our hope in God. So can I encourage you today? Let your troubles and your problems and your pain drive you to God rather than drive you away from God. The, the true beauty and power of an intimate relationship with God is discovered when we understand that he is our father and we are his children. Let's pray. Just as we're reflecting on what's been shared, I do sense that there might be people in this place and you may not know what it means to have an intimate relationship with God and this idea of hearing that God is your f a father who loves you and cares for you is foreign to you. But I, I want to encourage you to, to know that God is here in this place and that if you cry out to him, he promises to give you grace and to give you love and to accept you just the way you are. That if you would just bring your mess to him and say, God, I give this to you. I give you my life. I give you my all. I'm sorry for trying to do it in my own strength. God's promise is to give you the strength you need and the healing you need and that you don't have to do life all by yourself. So if you're like that in this place, I'd encourage you to cry out to God. You don't have to do it out loud here. You can do it in your head. But just say, God, I need your help. God, I'm sorry for doing life in my own strength. I need you today. I want to be your child. God will honour that prayer. He hears those prayers and he responds to those prayers. For others of us here, maybe we've been Christians for a while, but we've just got caught up in life. We've got caught up in the attaining of information and motivation and we've forgotten about the importance of that intimate connection with God and that we've forgotten to cry out to him with our pain and our problems and our troubles and God's inviting us again to connect with him. He's inviting us again to, to say I love you and to come and meet you at your point of need. So if, if there's people like that today that are here, I'd love to pray with you. Will you say, God, restore in me that hunger for intimacy with you like maybe I've never had 
or that I had once and it seems to have waned. Where you are my first port of call in all things. If that's you in this place, I'm going to ask you to do something brave as we close and we're going to pray together. But I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet wherever you are. If you say, God, I want to stir up and be closer to you and be intimate with you again. So if that's you in this place, I'd love you to stand wherever you are and we'll pray together. You don't have to be shy. You're among friends. I'm standing up here just as much as anyone else because I take for granted that God's my father often and cry out to him. Thank you for your honesty. If others want to stand with them and stand next to each other, let's all stand together now and pray. Cry out to God. Encourage you to do that as well. Lord God, we just come right now. We come to you and we're reminded of the importance of intimacy over everything else. That you've called us to be relational. (coughs) It's not about information and knowledge. It's about a personal relationship with you. And God, we bring ourselves to you afresh in all our mess, in all our trouble, in all our difficulties. And we just say, God, we need you. God, we need you as your children. We acknowledge afresh that you are our father and that we are your children. Help us to pray, Dad. Help us to pray, dearest father. Help us to pray, Daddy, from a place of relationship, not from a place of ritual or performance or anything else, but just from a place of relationship. Help us, God, to pray this way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.